Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Many of you know that I have two little boys. Most of you wish that my two little boys were up here instead of me, because they're so cute. You want to hear a cute story? So one day, John wrote me a letter. In his handwriting, as best he could, and you know what? it was in markers or two or three different markers. And he wrote it on the scrap piece of paper and he gave it to me. And it said, Daddy, I hope you love me. Isn't that cute? Do you know why he wrote me that letter? Because Heidi had brought home some candy for me and he was hoping that I loved him enough to give him some of that candy. That's what was going on. Have I gotten a letter like that since then? Nope. He wrote me that letter saying, I hope you love me, meaning I hope you love me enough to give me some candy, hoping that that act of cuteness, that act of whatever, I don't know what, that, what you call it, that act would encourage, manipulate me into giving him something in return. I don't know where he learned that, but that is something that we do, isn't it? Quite often in our relationships, and this can be any number of relationships, as we've been talking about all month, it doesn't much matter what relationship. It can be with your spouse, it can be with your siblings, your parents, it can be with your friends, your coworkers, your boss, your employees. We often give things or do things for other people in anticipation that they will reciprocate in some form. Here, honey, let me, let me rub your back so that you can rub my feet after. Here, I bought you these earrings so I can go get that motorcycle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to your problems today so that you'll listen to my problems tomorrow. I'm going to be really nice to you, and I'm going to hang out with you so that you can help me with a project I have later on. We do things for other people very often with strings attached. We do them because we want to get something from them, don't we? 
like John. He wrote me that letter, not simply because he wanted... No, the letter didn't say, Daddy, I love you a lot. It said, Daddy, I hope you love me. (laughs) We so often do things, and they may be very kind, and they may be very nice, and they may be very valuable, but there is a certain expectation in our actions that that we feel that if we give something to someone, then they should give us something in return. Something good, something valuable, something of equal value in return. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, and he said this. He said, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, serving wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Now, little little side thing. Paul is not saying there should be slavery like in the 16 and 1700s. That's not what he's talking about. Okay? Don't, don't get distracted by all those questions. That's not what we're talking about today. I'm not saying that we should have slavery, and Paul wasn't saying that we should have slavery. But what he was saying was that as we exist in whatever form, whatever relationship we exist in, there are certain relationships that say, you know what, you're in a serving, you're in a giving kind of position. It's your responsibility. You You should not be giving just so that you can get something in return. You shouldn't be just doing your best job because that will give you the reputation. You shouldn't just be doing the things that are good for the other person when they're watching so that you get good favor, you get something in return. He's saying we should actually function a whole lot like we are actual slaves of Christ. Now, that, is that a little, maybe a little harsh? Maybe a little extreme? Maybe. But if you flip the page, literally it's one page in my Bible, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3, Paul writes to the Philippian church. He says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing 
by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. See, Paul may be saying, you know what, we are supposed to live like slaves. We are supposed to live as slaves to Christ, and we are supposed to serve other people. And that's kind of extreme, that's pretty heavy, that's pretty hard. But then in another letter he says, yeah, but Jesus did it first. Jesus has already done this. This isn't something new And I am not asking you, Paul is not asking you, God is not asking you to do something that Christ has not already done himself. Here's the point. Life is not about you. You are here to give, not get. Let me say that again. Life is not about you. You are here to give, not to get. Let me, let me explain it this way. What's this? Watering can, watering jug, something. How much good is this watering jug if I fill it with water and just sit it right there? It's not going to do anything, is it? It's going to be full of water, and it's going to sit there, but that is not what it's for, that is not what it was made for, and that is not why it got filled up. You fill up one of these watering cans for the sole purpose of being able to bring it someplace else and to pour it out on other things. Sometimes it's plants, sometimes it's children, sometimes it's people you don't like. (laughs) But the sole purpose of this existing is that it would be filled up with water and then poured out on other things. You're like a watering can. Life is not about you. You were built to give, not to get. Now, uh, let me give you a disclaimer. I got I to gotta say this. Watering jugs are also only good if, one, they are filled with water, and two, they don't have leaks. If there's a great big hole in this, You're going to put the water in. It's going to spill out all over your feet, all over the deck, all over whatever you don't want to water, all over the kitchen floor. And by the time you get it to your plants, your flowers, your carrots, your celery, (laughs) whatever it is that you're supposed to be watering, there won't be anything left to give. What do I mean by that? If you are in the spot in your life where you are just totally empty, I'm not saying that you need to run on empty all your life 
That's not what this is. You need to be filled up in order to pour out. And I'm also not saying that if you're in a position where somebody is constantly robbing your life, robbing your joy, robbing your happiness, robbing your energy, and it might be a relationship, it may be a person, it may be a job, it may be uh, mental illness or depression, and something is just totally sucking the life out of you, and there's a hole in your can, and you can't even get to the plants to water them, I'm not saying you've got to, you, you have a first responsibility there. Your first responsibility is to patch the can. And then you need to get filled up. And once there's water in your can and your can is stable, then you can give. And so I've got to, I've got to point that out. I've got, we've, got to, we've got to make sure we're clear on that. But that doesn't change the fact that this can should be filled and it should hold water because it exists to give, not to get. That means that in your marriages, you need to stop keeping score or making those imaginary bills in your mind. You know what I'm talking about. When you do something for your spouse or significant other, and you hold that account in your brain and say, well, I did this, I did the dishes this many days, or I've taken care of the kids this many days, or I went to the store and did these things, or I cleaned up the garage, or I've been working this many hours, and because I've done that much, they, need, they owe this much, and so you need to, we need to stop that. The score, the bills... You need to stop it. Life is not about you. You exist to give, not to get. You need to think about your spouse, your significant other, and consider how can you actually bless them and keep blessing them. It means that in your friendships or in your family relationships, you need to stop looking for the bargain looking for the cheap way to get something out of those relationships. What do I have to do in order to get my sibling to pay attention? What do I have to do in order to get my, get my friend to play with me doing the thing, the, the game that I want to play with? What do I have to do so that they watch the movie I want to watch? What, what is the bare minimum of what I have to do in all of these other relationships to get out of it that what I want to get out of it. And you've got to consider and you've got to realize that you exist to help fulfill those people. Because life is not about you. You exist to give, not to get. So you need to stop looking for the bargain, the cheap way out. It means that in our community and in our church, we need to stop asking the question, what does my community and what does my church deserve of me? What do they deserve that I give? How much do they deserve of my life? How much do they deserve of my time? How much do they deserve of my gifts? 
they deserve this much, I'm going to give that much. They deserve this much, I'm going to give this much. If they only deserve this much, I'm only going to give this. We need to stop asking the question of our community and our church, what do they deserve of me? And just go make it better. Because life is not about you. You are here to give. Not to get. Over the past 15, 20 years, those moments in my life when I have embraced this reality have been moments that have not only affected those around me, but have been absolutely transformative for myself. I can think of a few times when dealing with friends or dealing with Heidi or other situations where I was in the place where I had already given enough. And I can remember... I can remember standing there or sitting there and thinking, you know what, I've already given what is reasonable. I have given what is sufficient. I have given more than what most everybody else has given in this situation. I have given enough. And when I have taken that and said, life is not about me, this is not why I'm here, and I have given that more, taken that step, something is radically changed. It's like some kind of stronghold in my own heart and mind got shattered, got broken, and I gave beyond what was enough. And all of a sudden, it became so much clearer that life wasn't about me. It became so much clearer why I existed. It became so much easier to give. All of a sudden, something shifted inside of me where it was like I was being filled up faster than I was pouring out. All of a sudden, I took that step, and instead of feeling like I'm running on empty and giving, all of a sudden, it felt like I was overflowing. There was more water in my can than I was able to pour out. As fast as I was giving it, I was getting filled up faster. When we take those steps of obedience and we embrace this truth and we start to live like Christ, something changes inside of us. And the stronghold that the enemy has over us breaks apart. He loses that ground. He loses that territory in your minds and in your hearts. And instead of feeling totally drained, you open yourself up to the floodgates of heaven. So how do you do that? What are you supposed to do? Okay. The very first thing we've got to do in this process is you need to determine why you exist. Who do you exist for? Are you here for you? Are you here for your family? Are you here for your friends? Are you here for Christ? 
And you've got to make that decision. If you're still like, I don't really know, I don't really know, then, then the rest of this isn't going to matter. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to make that definitive decision. Why do you exist? Why are you here? Are you here for you or are you here for others? And as long as you think that you are here for you, don't bother with these other steps because you're not going to get anywhere. Christ came and made the statement in his own life that he was here for you. And he's calling on us to say, you need to make the same decision. Life is not about you. You exist to give, not to get. And so the very first thing is you've got to make that decision. And if that's making the decision right now to follow Christ for the first time or you've been pulling away from Him and He's calling you to get back on track and that's what you've got to do, that is the very first step. You've got to decide who it is that you exist for. Why are you here? Who are you here for? The second thing you've got to do is you've got to take care of your bucket. If there are holes in your bucket, get them patched. Get them fixed. If you're in a bad relationship and that person is stealing from you, they are abusing you, they are violating you, they are pulling all your life in joy, you've either got to fix that relationship or get out of that relationship. But you've got to patch that hole. You've got to do some work to get that hole patched because as long as you're leaking, you're not going to be able to give effectively. And the second thing you've got to do is you've got to make sure that you are getting your can filled. If you're going through life and you don't have healthy relationships, you don't have good people in your life, and you don't have anyone or anything investing in you and making sure that you are healthy in a healthy spot, and if Christ is not pouring into you and you don't have time set aside to pray to Him and to hear His Word and to worship and for Him to pour out His love into you and to give you grace and to give you mercy and to give you His blessing and His presence... Jesus took time away from the disciples, away from the crowds, to be alone so he could be filled up. If you don't do that, you're not going to get filled up. That is the thing you've got to do, is you've got to make sure that you are not leaking all over the place. Nobody likes to leak all over the place. And you've got to make sure that you are getting your can filled with Jesus. So decide why you're here. Take care of your can. And then in those moments, you've got to push yourself to give more than enough. More than enough. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. You have been in those spots. You've been in those situations with your boss. You've been in those situations with your employees, with your neighbors, with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, classmates. And you've just, you've been there and you've looked at it and logically, rationally, by all measures of the law, 
You have given enough. You could walk away and your conscience would be totally clear because you have given enough. Give some more. Give some more. But I got nothing. Yes, you do. You don't fill the can. Christ is filling your can. And if your can is healthy and you've been spending time with Him and He's the one that's filling you up, then you can give more. And so we've got to make that decision. We've got to take care of our can, take care of our hearts and our lives, and then we need to give more than enough. The worship team is going to come up. They're going to close in a song. What I want you to do when you go home is I want you to get your whiteboard marker and on your kitchen window or bathroom mirror, whatever it is that you see every day, find yourself staring at, I want you to write the word enough. Write the word enough. As a reminder that we need to give more than enough, that life is not about you. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.